The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. All right, so still so much to digest and reflect on uh, from the conversation we've had focusing on uh, women representation in politics. But on to our final conversation of the day. Today, of course, the 28th 28th of August, marking exactly 60 years since Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., somebody that really needs little introduction, right? It's been 16 years since he made that famous I Have a Dream speech in 19. 1963, and of course, it very much came to be a vision of what the American people, in particular the African American constituency, what its hopes and dreams for a better future in America looked like. And today, we still have tens of dozens of people that you know risk their lives on a daily basis, just wanting to set foot on American shores. You know, many people just wanting to be in the U.S. so that they can be part of this dream. But has that dream actually materialized for the majority of African-American people? That's the conversation we'll have over what's left of our show. Before we get to it, however, let me remind you of that speech by Dr. Martin, Martin Luther King Jr. I have a dream. That one day, this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day Sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will they be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood? I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream. My four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream. Well, 60 years on, just hearing, you know, that audio still so evocative, so provocative. Dr. Felicia Wilson-Young is an education officer at the U.S. Agency for International Development. She joins us in studio. Dr. Felicia, good good morning to you. Thank you for your time this morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Dr. Dinesh Sharma is a cultural psychologist and internationally acclaimed author. He joins us on the line from New York this morning. Dr. Sharma, good morning to you. Good morning. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Great to have you on the platform with us again. So maybe let me begin with you, Dr. Young, and get your reflections, right, on where 
the American dream is, and in particular for African-American people, I think a lot has been achieved, right? America has had its first, um, you know, African-American president. We now have uh, a, a black person as well, and I know you refer to it differently in your country, um, who is the um, deputy president in the country. So off the face of it, it looks like there's been a lot of transformation and change. Is that really reflective of what's happening on the ground? Thank you. I appreciate that. I think that, you know, we would be remiss if we don't talk about several things. I want to make a couple of points. Sure. One is in reference to the role of women in the movement, uh, the role of women and the contribution that we've made as black women to the movement in reference to fighting against um, inequality. The other thing that I'd like to talk about today also, which aligns with what you're saying, where are we now, right? We have a vice president who is a black woman, right? And who's actually multiracial. Um, and how does that serve us? The other thing I would highlight would also be what is Dr. King's speech actually about? How is it relevant to our lives today? How are we walking it out? Because we're talking about something with a global perspective. This speech had global impact. Mm -hmm. So it go beyond just the US, but also globally, how has it impacted and what are the fruit of that speech that we're currently experiencing? And then the third thing I would say is, who is evident now? Who are the women? Who are the leaders? Who are the people that we're looking to as well who also have that global mm -hmm. impact? Um, and I would, also, of course, ask you all the question in the context of South Africa, who are the women who've had a great impact? How does that correlate with the speech for Martin Luther King? I think that's important for us to be able to look at those three points. Before you continue, what I'm going to do is take the latest news headlines okay. and allow you the opportunity then to un unpack all of those aspects in a moment. It's 11.30. It's time for your latest news headlines. Across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. We continue the conversation on the talking point. We're reflecting on the American dream. I've already introduced our guests for uh, this conversation, Dr. Felicia Wilson-Young and Dr. Dinesh Sharma. So, uh, Dr. Young, I want to give you an, a chance to explore just some of those themes you wanted to touch on, and then we'll hear from Dr. Sharma. Excellent. Thank you. I want to start, actually, in reverse. The idea that, honestly, the dream is not yet realized. I think some people would say, why do you want to have that conversation as a black woman, as a black diplomat, as a representative of the United States? But I also represent community, which is a broader community in reference to the diaspora and what our experience has been. And I believe that one of the greatest points that we must recognize is that the dream has not yet been realized and the struggle continues. I mention that because I think about one of Martin Luther King's statements to say that when you are looking at the dream, this is after his speech, we're talking beyond just a dream itself, but how does it become galvanized for the nations and how do we begin to talk about the things that still exist? And the first thing that comes to mind for me, in all honesty, is his quote in regards to um, realizing the dream and saying that we must accept finite disappointment, accept finite disappointment, but never lose infinite hope. Mm -hmm. 
And I believe in today's society, that's where we still are. Right? We've been disappointed. We had some expectations. We thought that realizing the dream would manifest in more opportunities. Yes, there are opportunities, but there are even still yet more challenges. And I believe that we would be remiss if we don't continue to talk about the George Floyds, the Breonna Taylors, the police brutality, uh, the, co the, the correlation between, uh, believe it or not, the balance and balancing out these atrocities even with still our common culture. Bringing in, it's the 50th anniversary of hip hop culture. Some might say, what does that have to do with Martin Luther King? It has everything to do with the expectation of voice and bringing different voices to the table, which is what Dr. Martin Luther King uh, dreamed about saying that let us sit together, let us have conversation, let us have various voices, and let's talk about how our society can begin to move the needle to create a balance in these aspects of injustice. So if you ask me about the dream itself, I say we need to manifest and create opportunities for the manifestation for this dream to be realized in our communities on a daily basis. And the way that we do that, we look at the history of where we started with the women and black women, such as Ida B. Wells and Dorothy Height, uh, right? Ida B. Wells and Dorothy Height, both were women who were focused on education, who focused on building communities, who focused on building up households of women to be able to activate in the community environment. And because of their work around voter registration, around community activists, around employment, around uh, channeling the importance of women's education because it shifts the education of the family at large, which we also know is true. It's important to recognize their contributions. And then also in today's society, who are our cultural anthropologists? Who are the people that we would say continue to shift the needle, which also makes Dr. Uh, King's dream come alive? I would say would be those who shift the culture and hold culture in her hand. Your Ava DuVernay's of the world, right? The people who are filmmakers as well as those who are activists and through their art create activism. All right. Dr. Sharma, I want to bring you in here because as um, you know, Dr. Young is speaking, I'm thinking about the hope that Barack Obama represented for so many people. And there was this expectation, really, that the lives of African-Americans would be changed, you know, um, or, or, or on, a, on a big scale uh, as a result of, of, of his presidency. And one can see the disappointment sort of post the, the Obama presidency and what it is that uh, in, in some research, uh, voters and, and just people in America have, have had to say about their lives and, and again around their, their disappointment. So for you, where is the, uh, uh, the, the, the American dream in as far as it relates to African-Americans? I'm sorry, you're asking me? I'm sorry, I, I, was, yes, I couldn't hear yes. anything. Are you asking yes, me? The yes, Dr. Sharma. Okay, so I think uh, like you know, Dr. Will, uh, previous speaker said, it, it, it is a great speech and it's a global speech. It has a huge impact around the world. Uh, and, you know, I, 60 years on, clearly there are signs that there is sliding back. If you look at the objective measures, whether it's on voting rights or uh, the wealth gap, and then of course, gun violence, right? Those are just three things that I'm pointing out. There are many more things you could point to here. 
but you know, it's a speech obviously that will live uh, in time and history forever as a great American speech about rights, civil rights, human rights globally, not just in the US, but ar around the world has inspired a generation, I would say of people, uh, not, not just in the US, but you know, certainly in South Africa, uh, Asia, other parts of Africa as well. Um, and the fact that, of course, we've had a, you know, first black president, now the first black woman vice president, et cetera, all of those things, of course, are part of the legacy of this speech. But, uh, but objectively, there is retrenchment, right? The 2013 civil uh, Supreme Court uh, retrenchment of the, the Voting Rights Act uh, is a is an example. Uh, it's been a decade, and we can see the effect of that on voting rights locally uh, in um, several states. Uh, the the you know the spreading of gun violence in the United States is another retrenchment that has taken place, leading to um, you know the taking of innocent lives, um, uh, black lives overwhelmingly uh, is is another point that we can sort of talk about. Uh, that has had a negative impact, certainly, I would say, on young people. So a lot of the young people, that I, and I teach a lot of young people uh, at the college level, and I hear that this, this is clearly one of the issues that the young people talk about, um, that they're concerned about, along with climate and other things, gun violence, and the whole issue of inequality. Uh, the, the, the income inequality, and well, you know, there's some signs that the uh, the black middle class, upper middle class, uh, sees a clear sign, a clear sign of optimism, especially under pre President Biden, that um, that they're more optimistic about their future. Um, but the but the overall wealth gap still remains between, I would say, the majority population um, and and the minority population in the United States. So I would say those, you know those three four points would be the important points to talk about, uh, among other things, of course, you know, uh, related to the speech. Of course, this is a speech that, you know, has has had a huge impact. It would rank up there, you know, with with uh, Kennedy's speech. You know, what can you do for your country, um, or 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 the Gettysburg Address uh, by President Lincoln and others, right? Um, certainly, in the twenty first century, you know, rhetorically, it was, it was one of the greater speeches, the greatest speeches that um, uh, that that you know, that America, ha America, or the American dream, if you will, has so, 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 so uh, Dr. given to the world. D Dr. Sharma, d does this idea yeah. then of, of an American dream still exist in 2023? And if it does, what is the American dream? And the reason I ask it is because you still have so many people that are in pursuit of that dream and that want to come to the U.S. just so that they, they're a bit closer to it and are able to, to access it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the idea of the American dream partly is about equality. Um, e by equality, of course, we mean equality, you know, economic equality, social equality, uh, income inequality, uh, equality based on gender, uh, right? So that even uh, diverse communities, LGBTQ communities, can be seen equally under the law and equally in the public uh, space. Uh, so, you know, it, I, I would say it's a multifaceted, uh, you know, multi-layered perspective on the American dream, but of course, it begins, you know, with the the original founding that we're all created equal. As you just, you know, played the speech from Dr. King, right? He kept going back to that uh, as well. That uh, you know, that 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 America made a promise 
and that promise has still not been fulfilled, right? So it's a, it's a work in progress. Uh, and as President Biden often says, you know, this is uh, a dream that we haven't fully uh, lived up to, but we've never walked away from it. So that's what the dream represents. Dr. Yeah? No, I would also add that I think that as as was mentioned, it's a dream that we haven't walked away from, right? And that's the whole idea of of the hope that exists. And this hope has to be manifested in um, actual action that we're doing. So you could look at what's happening in, in, in black communities and brown communities in the U.S. You look at what's happening globally across the world. You look at mass incarceration. You recognize that these things still exist. Right. And however, the one thing that makes America America is that that element of hope and not walking away from the promises that have been made. Yes, there are opportunities where that gap grows. However, you have your people always say I am an example of being from southeast to South Africa. Right. Of a young woman, educated, single mother born. 16-year-old mother, you know, all of these things to say, what was the thing that galvanized a difference in my life that now has me affecting people around the world? Mm -hmm. And it is that hope. And it's not just the hope, but actually planning and executing, making decisions along the way, which we do through some aspects of our political process, but also through our various communities to say, how will we shift what the response is to what's happening? Um, and, and as again, I mentioned mass incarceration because I think it's, it's really important for us to recognize people are transformed by their minds being transformed, by creating opportunities through education and by creating opportunities for there to be a different thought process and to hear various voices. And to me, that is the piece that always inspires hope within the context of America. And we have to continue to to really create those opportunities to let people know, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. When your mind is changed, your actions will follow. And that's what I would say. Yeah. Dr. Sharma, when it comes to the experience of um, African-Americans, this issue of incarceration is, is a big one um, because it affects especially um, black males in particular and how that also skews the social landscape of, of what's going on in, in the country. Do you think that it has been challenged enough systematically even within the U.S.? And, and I'm also curious to know why it is you think that it's not necessarily a deterrent um, to those that are crossing the Atlantic uh, to, to, to again try and make their way into America because you'll find that often um, it is men and it is again black men that, that are wanting to get into the into the states. Yeah, I mean, I think you know the the industrial prison complex, as has been referred to by sociologists and others, is a great you know um, uh, drawback to uh, the whole dream that we've been speaking about. Right, it speaks to the existing structural inequalities in the criminal system and the justice system in the United States. And I know our Senator in New Jersey, Cory Booker, Senator Cory Booker has been working, you know, uh, on this issue, has passed bipartisan le legislature uh, with, with Republicans in, in the Congress um, to, um, you know, uh, lead to reform 
uh, when it comes to incarceration. But yes, I mean, America has largest incarcerated population in the United States, heavily uh, minority population. So it, it's definitely a, um, you know, a, a, I would say a mark on American democracy. Uh, why do America, uh, people around the world keep pursuing the dream? And I think, you know, like we said earlier, it's because America still in some ways represents the hope of a better future, economic future, social uh, progress, um, uh, equal rights for um, different communities. You know, so for example, there is a retrenchment. I mean, what I'm saying is that, yes, the dream is still alive, it's moving forward, but there are retrenchments in terms of the dream. So if you look at, for example, women's reproductive rights, uh, the Supreme Court basically striking down abortion laws in 2022 has been a huge retrenchment. 2013, as I said earlier, about a decade ago, the taking away of voting rights um, at the at the state level uh, is is another retrenchment. And I think the people who gathered uh, there uh, yesterday uh, on the 60th anniversary, I think they'll be meeting today with the president, and the vice president, um, sometime in during the early morning and mon on Monday um, on the tw on the 28th here. Uh, in DC, right? They're, they'll be appealing to some of these issues, you know, reproductive rights, um, voting rights, and and other rights that that have been uh, retrenched. Right. Uh, but the you know the dream still lives on, and right. I think the dream, because of the evocative power of it, mm. will continue to live on. Dr. Dinesh Sharma, let me thank you for your contribution to this conversation. Dr. Young, I'm going to give you the final word here. Finally, I would say that though retrenchment continues. You have groups of people, communities, educators, professors, scientists, everyone, turning to each other to say, how do we work against this through the powers that be, but also how do we create a new understanding of our identity as black people, as black Americans, as African Americans, as brown people, as people of color, because the dependency on how well the black person does in America very much shows the future for everyone else. And I want um, to just remind us of that because it is because of that uh, creation of, of, of strength and existence and the revitalization of hope. And I could not uh, be remiss without mentioning spirituality because that also plays a role. Uh, and I say spirituality because it's no longer just the black church. Mm -hmm. There are other faiths that also activate the sustainability of how we shift the needle for what's actually happening on the ground. And a sense of keeping the dream alive, turning it into action, and making sure we continue to mobilize. All right. Dr. Felicia Wilson-Young, Education Officer at the U.S. Agency for International Development. And Dr. Dinesh Sharma is a cultural psychologist and also uh, author of internationally acclaimed book, The Global Obama. Well, that's where we leave it on the talking point for today. We'll continue the conversation again tomorrow morning from 9 a.m. At the top of 12 is the update at noon. Up next is the book reading.